What's good? What's good? What's good? We are live. Let me just make sure I got some things taken care of. The particulars. Okay, we got the snowball popping. And we got the 1080p webcam crack-a-lacking. What's going on, Dr. Love Spell? I had some other people who, I guess, put on their reminders to come on here. I don't know if they're on themselves. And a couple of people wanted to get on the panel. So, But I've been changing the date to do this podcast for a minute. And um, what's up, everybody who's watching? Let me see who's checking me out on uh, the video live stream. So, yeah, we got somebody. Well, they were watching. We were checking this out on uh, YouTube. So I'm sure people are going to be coming in and out. And uh, hopefully we'll get some people coming in here shortly. We are live on Stereo. We are live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. The rebroadcast will be going out later on to uh, Twitch and maybe an, another Facebook page later on this evening. And um, possibly two guests might be coming in. I'm still new to stereo. And so I seen that there was two requests, but I didn't know how to handle that. I didn't want to press any buttons earlier on during the week and then it messes everything up. So I just kind of left it alone. And so maybe they'll be checking in. If not, we still going to keep it going. And um, before we get started, I'm going to do some shout outs to a few uh, cities and states that have been listening to us, at least on um, some of the podcast listening platforms. First of all, I want to say thank you to all my viewers and all my listeners. Thank you for coming in, checking out the show. This is Thoughts of the Week podcast. And today we're going to be talking about is inappropriate black behavior a roadblock to black empowerment? All right. Is inappropriate black behavior a roadblock to black empowerment. And so what I'm going to be doing, I got a few notes. So what I'm going to be doing is going through some notes of mine. I'm going to be going through some um, some photos and some videos. All right. So anybody checking me out on stereo, you can always click that link in the uh, right under the title. And you can always watch whenever I'm, I'm going to let you guys know when I'm going to be putting certain things up on the screen so you can see or watch the video or see a picture that I put up. All right. So real quick, let me do some shout outs, man. Let me do some shout outs. First of all, shout out to Virginia. Shout out to the city of Ashburn, Arlington, Chester, Virginia Beach, Norfolk, Norfolk, I should say, Hampton, Virginia. Shout out to y'all. Um, California. There's a lot of people in Cali that's listening to the show or that are listeners, I should say, on podcast listening platforms that I see. I think this is Whittier or maybe Whittier. I don't know how you pronounce that one. Whittier, I'll just say it's Whittier, the city of Whittier, San Marcos, Berkeley, South Pasadena, Anaheim, San Luis, 
Obispo, I think you pronounced that, San Leandro, Pittsburgh. Didn't know there was a city in California called Pittsburgh. Palo Alto, Santa Ana, Moreno Valley, Cupertino, San Francisco, San Jose, Fountain Valley, and Mountain View. Shout out to y'all in California. Appreciate y'all listening to the show. There's a lot of a lot of cities that listen. I don't know if I'm gonna get to all of y'all. Uh, what's up to Georgia in particular? Peachtree Corners, Lawrenceville, Atlanta, Columbus, Lithonia, and Kennesaw, Georgia. What's up? What's popping? What's popping? Um, let's go down another. Let's check out Texas. Leander, Texas, Dallas, Texas, Grand Prairie, Texas, Sugarland, Texas, Houston, Crawley. Carrollton, Austin, Plano, Fort Worth, Laredo, and Helotos or Hello Helotes. Helotes. Maybe that's how you pronounce that. Appreciate y'all listening in. Uh, what else we got here? We got a lot of states, but like I said, I won't be able to get to all of you. Let's, let's go up to New York, my home state. Shout out to Brooklyn, the Bronx, Brockport. Um Mamaranek, I think not, that's how you pronounce it in Dexter, New York. Don't know where a few of them, few of them little cities are at, but a shout out to everybody in the Bronx, Brooklyn, Brockport, Mamaranek, and Dexter, New York. What's good in the hood? In Ohio, we got Columbus, Amelia, Tip City, and Dayton. Shout out to y'all for listening into the shows, the different episodes. Appreciate that. You guys need to come on YouTube sometimes, and I'll uh, I'll put the link in the description for you guys who listen. Maybe you want to every now and then check out the show live or watch the show instead of listening. And I understand that Anchor is trying to, uh, not trying to, but they're offering. But what's crazy is that you got to fill out an application to uh, um, upload your videos to Anchor as well, just in case the listeners want to actually see your episodes but they should just make it to where anybody who just wants to upload their videos if they have an episode that corresponds to to the audio episode they should just allow you to, to um upload that so maybe i'll email them and tell them about that tennessee what's up chattanooga tennessee severeville hickson and kingsport tennessee thanks for listening in and uh, let me try one more. There's a lot of y'all that listen to the show that are listeners on different podcast listening platforms. Let me go to, let me see, let's go North Carolina. Shout out to Charlotte, North Carolina, Raleigh, North Carolina, Whitakers, North Carolina, Fort Bragg. That's still a military base. Is that a, a active military base? Fort Bragg. What's good, Fort Bragg? North Carolina and Southport, North Carolina. Appreciate y'all, man. So maybe I'll get back to y'all later on in the show. We'll see. We will see if there's time, if there's time. And um, thank you for everybody listening on the Stereo app. Again, we are live right now on Stereo, on the Stereo app, on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Dr. Love Spell, what's good? Dr. Love Spell's listening in. Appreciate you. All right, so yeah. Again, we are talking about is inappropriate black behavior a roadblock to black empowerment? 
All right. To set this off, I'm going to play an audio by the great Dr. Claude Anderson, who is still alive and well. I think he's in his 80s now. And uh, we're going to listen to him. But before we do that, before we do that, you know what it is, man. We got to get it started like this. You know what it is. This is Thoughts of the Week podcast. You're rocking with the best. Let's go. You're rocking with the best. Thoughts of the Week podcast. All right, yes, indeed, you rocking with the best. This is Thoughts of the Week podcast. You might hear my dogs in the background. Maybe they was listening to my intro and thought there was some actual people out in front, so they started barking. But it's all good. All right. So, yeah, first off, and I'm going to make sure my uh, stereo app listeners can hear this as well, so I'm going to be moving my phone around from time to time for those who are viewing me. You're going to be probably looking at me moving back and forth, but I want to make sure our people on stereo get to listen to this as well. So there's been a lot that's been going on. There's a lot been said. Um, even me listening to the stereo app, right? I've been hearing a lot of different things. And... Actually, this episode here, this is episode 121 of the podcast. And I actually thought about this title last year and I wanted to put it out. But then I said, "Nah, let me hold off because sometimes some episodes I actually have ideas months in advance or weeks in advance. And I like to hold off just to see the the vibe or the dynamic or the climate of the people and see how things start moving. And then sometimes um, when I do it like that, I not, then I put out an episode that's kind of right on time for what's going on. And so, although I could have put it out last year, I said, nah, let me hold off on it. And at the same time, kind of gather some uh, video, some uh, write down some notes, and so I decided to do that. And it just so happens that lately I've been hearing a lot of stuff. People talking about a bunch of things here, especially on stereo lately, because I've been on stereo for about almost probably 20 days or so, I would say close to three weeks now. And um, hearing people talk about different things. And I think right now it's probably fitting. And so we're just going to throw this out there. All right. Once again, the question is, is inappropriate black behavior a roadblock to black empowerment? So with that being said, I'm going to play this first video by Dr. Claude Anderson to kind of set the stage when he gives his example of inappropriate behavior. All right. So let me pull this up. Whoa, wait a minute. Let me cancel that real quick here. All right. So let me pull this uh, video up here. And this will kind of set the stage on what I'll be talking about 
and this could go in different directions when it's all said and done it could go in very different directions it could be related but it kind of can go in different directions at the same time so as we are pulling this up here let me bring it to the stream Alrighty. And of course, as uh, kind of, I guess you could say normally, <laughs> when you start talking about certain topics, the uh, streams get real funny. So I'm hoping everybody can still, if they can't see me, they can still listen to me on uh, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. It's kind of interesting when you talk about certain topics, then your streams get messed with. Stuff gets delayed or they or they lag. Let me see if I can hit that real quick, because that's what's happening right now. It's now there's some lag delay or actually my screen.
in the stream. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if, if you were able to hear me, but you should be able to hear me now. Have some little technical difficulties as usual. Subscribe to this channel. Be sure to share these videos out. That way the algorithms will kick in and let people know that this channel is um, interesting to other people and that they will start showing it more. Of course, like I said, when it comes to certain topics, they are real quick and ready to give you some. See, every time I do that, it's the second time it's happened. Okay. Let me see something here. Interesting. They're messing with my virtual backgrounds. <laughs> Yo, but I guess if I started talking about um, some little fairy tale stuff, you know, they'll let that go right on through. And now they're telling me my device browser doesn't support virtual backgrounds. Are you kidding me? Let me see here. And what's weird, they're claiming I'm not using Chrome, but I am using Chrome. That's weird. That is weird. Let's see if it plays real quick. It's the inappropriate behavior pattern we're going to talk about this morning. All right. It's still playing. And I see the timer still going. So let me put this back to the beginning. And even though if you guys can't actually um, see the screen, you'll still be able to hear the audio. All right. And so with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and play this audio for the viewers and the listeners. All right. So let's listen in real quick. The second problem we're going to talk about this morning is the inappropriate behavior pattern of black folk. Those are the only two problems you have. I don't care what anybody else talks about in America. It's not worthwhile wasting your time. The problem in America is not drug abuse, crime, low-income housing, public housing, food stamps, welfare, teenage pregnancy. Those are symptoms of a problem. The symptoms are the fact that you don't own and control anything to run you and control your lives. That's the problem. And the second thing is inappropriate behavior pattern. And before I get into inappropriate behavior patterns, let me define that for you. Now, I'm in current day terms, I might call it the, the, uh, the, Rod, uh, the Rodney King syndrome. It's pretty for me, most of you. That's when somebody pulls you out of a car, breaks your jaw, breaks three ribs, cracks two, knocks out two teeth, gives you a concussion, breaks your wrist, breaks your kneecap, and stomps you, and you say, why can't we all get along? <laughs> that is inappropriate behavior. Or if I'm in Detroit, Michigan, when I, was serving, when I was there functioning as an assistant police commissioner during the riots, and I was working on riot uh, possibilities and techniques in the city, I get a call down to by some people who had been involved in a couple of murders. And he said, look, I didn't have anything to do with it, Anderson. I, I, I just there, I witnessed it. I said, what happened? <clears throat> well, you see, they'd had a disturbance in Detroit, Michigan, and, uh, and the police broke into a motel and found uh, two black boys in there with some white girls. And they didn't like that, even though they were in a, in a black neighborhood. 
They had paid for the, for the room. It was their right and privilege to be wherever they wanted to be. It was between them and God. But the police officers were white. They were very disturbed about this. So what they did, they took those two boys on a Friday. They beat them all day Friday. They beat them all day Saturday. Then by Sunday, they had gotten tired of beating them. They said, well, we just go ahead and kill them. And so one of the officers picked up a rifle, star, a rifle, and hit the oldest black kid in the back of the head with a rifle. And the kid was only about 22 years of age. Hit him so hard that it knocked one eye completely out of socket and bulged the other eye and broke the rifle stock. And the poor kid fell on his knees and crawled around and found a broken stock in the rifle. And on his knees, held it up and apologized for having a hard head. That is inappropriate behavior. The question should have been, why are you brutalizing me and killing me? What have I done to you? And so that's kind of inappropriate behavior. It's what we've been systematically programming to displaying as black folk in a very highly competitive society. All right. So now you heard that. Right. And I'll probably be playing it back again or maybe some aspects of that. So basically he's saying. Blacks have this thing of conducting what he calls inappropriate behavior. And the two examples he gave was the um, Rodney King incident where after getting his behind beat and bashed up, he comes back and says, um, well, can we all just get along? He said that's inappropriate behavior, inappropriate type behavior. And then the second example he gave of inappropriate behavior from black folks is the example of the Detroit incident where he was the commissioner or some type of um, commissioner, assistant commissioner of that police department and was investigating a murder. And there was two black boys or you know grown up they were adult age in their early 20s and had two white girls in a hotel and someone called in a disturbance the police came out there and uh they didn't like the fact that these two black boys were with these two white girls at a hotel and so they commenced to beating them down for a few days and at some point they thought well i'm tired of beating or we're tired of beating them up we're going to go ahead and kill them and so they decided to, or maybe it was one of them and the other one watched, decided to bash one of the black boys in the head with the uh, rifle stock and hit the boy so hard that it bulged out his one of his eyes and the other one was hanging out, if I remember that correctly. And um, it actually broke the stock of the rifle. And so then the boy, after getting that happening to him, he crawls around finds the rifle stock that was broken and holds it up and makes that comment of uh what did he actually say again oh i'm sorry that my head was too hard something like that and dr anderson was saying that was inappropriate behavior and so my my thinking is or my question is or my thought about this is that if black folks are 
in a situation where, as we can see, I mean, there's no lies what's going on. You can actually see what's going on when it comes to uh, this presidency. They've been doing everything for everybody else except black people. And you can go verify this just by looking these things up. They've done things for Latino people. They've done things for um, Asians. And I'm talking about even on the financial side. Afghans people. I did uh, news stories on that. Um, and now they're talking about Ukraine, giving them money and not nothing for black folks. And yet you have black folks, whether here on the stereo app, whether live, um, whether on YouTube, Facebook are constantly, constantly saying things against each other. And you have all these other groups sitting up here watching or listening to you bash each other verbally. And if it's on video, physically. And so when you do that and you giving and you showing this stuff to other groups, other ethnic groups, what does that look like to them? Do you, what it goes through their minds? Look at it from the governmental perspective. They'll, they'll look at it. Well, you got these black women calling um, these men on these apps, nigga this, nigga that. And y'all black man ain't doing this and ain't doing that. And so and they see that back and forth. So does that help black empowerment? Now, even if you have an issue with each other, do you go out and publicly wash that out in front of everybody? Or do you go behind closed doors? Is it necessary to constantly wash a black woman out or a black man out constantly in public? And you got all these other groups and you got governments looking at y'all like these look at these damn fools they just keep dogging each other out we ain't gonna give them no laws to put in place now speaking on that another thing that comes to mind is also i did an episode on the podcast here um in regards to um, the fbi's um hate crimes bias report and even though they gave uh, asian hate crimes bill along with uh, $50 million to spread that out to that community. Even the FBI's own report shows, and I, and I did on the podcast, I did at least 10 years, I did maybe 12 or 13, but I think it was at least the good 20 years from right now going 20 years back. The FBI showed that each and every year, black people were the ones who are hated the most each and every year and they put out all types of groups i'm talking about they had they listed all types of groups asians indians from india they listed um lgbt they list they broke it down into lesbian gay men gay women they broke these they broke these lists down in super detail and each and every year it showed on the fbi's hate crimes bias a report that black people are listed as number one hated every single year. And so again, I say, does it make sense for black people to constantly bash each other in public all the time and on this constantly basis? Some might be doing it for the likes. Some might be doing it because something happened to them personally or happened to their family. But again, should that be done behind closed doors? 
Because like I said, if you're constantly doing this in public and you have other groups watching you and or and or listening to you on these platforms, you know, and then you don't hear too much of that. And I, and I would say I, I've heard um, on the stereo app, I've heard uh, some white people also going in on their own race, but they don't do it in the same type of uh, aggression that I'm hearing black people do it. They're saying, yeah, black I men. I hear one or two here and there will say, yeah, black or white people ain't this white people ain't that. And um, but you don't hear it with such, uh, like I said, aggression to it. But you'll see it between black men and black women. And I'm also I'm not just talking about the native blacks in America. I'm talking about even black immigrants, whether it's Jamaican, Haitian, uh, native blacks in America. You hearing each other dog each other out and say some crazy stuff all the time in front of everybody. And so that um, a question, again, is inappropriate black behavior, a roadblock to black empowerment. So is all this behavior a roadblock to black folks getting the things that they deserve? And I mean, black males and females, whether they're gay or not. Because you can be LGBT, but you're still black. And you can still be discriminated because you're black skin. Nobody's going to know right off the bat if you're LGBT, gay, or lesbian. If you happen to be a native black American and not of an immigrant stock and you get shot unarmed and then later it's found out that you were also LGBT. Well, what did they look at first? They didn't look at if you was LGBT, they look at your color first. So is all of this behavior, this inappropriate behavior, a big roadblock or is it something else altogether? And so that is the question. So what I'm going to do now, and I hope it's let me let me actually play it and see if it pops up. For those who are listening right now, you can always hit that. Um, you can hit the link. I'm getting ready to play a video and I'll explain what that video is before I play it just in case you decide not to uh, hit the link and actually see the video. What I'm getting ready to show is it's a comparison video. You're going to see um, what appears to be a black African male. And in the background, because you can see you can kind of tell they're white because you don't see them, but you can see somebody's hands. So, you know, they're Caucasian. And they must be from some African country. And so the video is going to show a comparison between black Americans, which are also known as foundational black Americans, which are the ones who are descendants of slaves or and or they also have um, their descendants are actually the black Indians that were already here in America. And so you're going to see a comparison where you have a black African is doing what these white people tell them to do with a banana. And then you have a then it compares to the uh, black native, the foundational black American who gets in, a, gets not with the same people as two different people, but it's the same premise, a black male and a white man. They get into it or something happens in the grocery store. And then um, you see the difference between the responses between the two. So I'm going to go ahead and play that real quick, and then I'm going to check this message. 
А, давай, ты хаваешь его. Ну ты его хаваешь и все. Да? А, ну проблем. Хаваешь? А, ну проблем. Ну хавай. Хавай. Прекратите это делать. Прекратите это делать. Быстрее. Прекратите это делать. Прекратите это делать. Ну, дальше. All right, so the first video was the African, I guess, in whatever language they're talking in, they're telling him, and some of you might have actually seen this video. They're telling the African man, because I guess they're in a supermarket or some grocery store, and they're telling him to peel the banana. At least you could tell that part. I don't know what they're actually saying in their language. And he's being reluctant to want it. They, they telling him like to eat the banana and they got him on camera. I don't know if they wanted to say that he was a gorilla. I can't say because I don't know what language, but the assumption I'm what I'm thinking they saying is eat this banana like a gorilla. And he's reluctant and he's he didn't really want to do it. And they're constantly telling him, eat it, eat it, I guess, in their language. And he peel, he starts peeling the banana. And he takes a little small bite to kind of appease them, make them feel that, okay, I ate the banana. And then it seems like they're telling him, no, eat some more. And he takes another bite. And um, I guess to satisfy them. Then it, then it contrasts to a black man and a white man. I don't know where. I don't know if they're in the U.S. or another country. But I'm assuming they are in the U.S. because they're comparing how a black African or a black immigrant will behave compared to a native black person will behave. And so they showed the native black person with this kind of similar situation, but this guy grabs a bunch of bananas off the shelf and throws it and hits the white dude. And then he takes off. And then the white guy runs to try to get some bananas and try to throw it back. But at that point, the guy that took off. So they was trying to show you the comparisons between the behaviors and the mindsets. And so this would could be considered inappropriate behavior. And so when you look at that video, you would think, man, you got this person over here not really standing up for himself. That's black. But you got this person over here that's black and he's standing up for himself. So you got these two contrast. All right. Before I listen to this message, I'm going to hear one more. I'm going to play one more video. I got a, quite a bit of videos. I don't know if I'm going to get through all of them and some uh, photos as well. And uh, I might read some stuff on some notes I took. Now, here's a video of Smokey Robinson, and he has some interesting things to say. And I'm going to go ahead and play that video. Uh, I, I'm a person I, I resent being called an African-American. I really do. Now, I've traveled all over the world, and Africa is one of the few places in the world that I've never been yet, okay? But I think that when you do that, you're disclaiming all the things, all the contributions that black people have made to America. You see, I consider myself to be a black American, and I enjoy being called black. And black has been so negativized as a color down throughout history by those who wanted to negativize it. And so it 
spilled over into the black community, into the black people. And even black people back in the day calling each other black was a sign for a fight or something like that because it had been so negativized, like black was just so negative. So I resent being called an African-American because black people have contributed so much to the development of the United States of America. Uh All right, so there you go. That's Smokey. Shout out to Smokey Robinson. He came up with his new word, negativized. <laughs> so shout out to my man, Smokey Robinson. So what he did or what he displayed would be considered appropriate behavior to some folks because he wasn't backing down from who he is and who he considers himself to be. He's not denying himself being black. He's also recognizing the contributions that um, native blacks made to America. So that will be considered to some to or to many as displaying appropriate behavior. All right. So let me, um, play this message and then we'll get back to maybe a couple of videos. I don't want to show all the videos. I want to save some of them and go through. Maybe I'll look at, I'll go through some notes here after this message. So let's listen. What's up, D? What's up? All right. Hold on. Let me play it again. I had the volume down. What's up, D? What's up? What's up? Thoughts of a week podcast. <laughs> I'm listening. All right. Appreciate that. Appreciate that, Dr. Love Spell. Thanks for listening in. And a shout out, a shout out to um Adeline Monroe. I think that's how you pronounce it. Adeline, what's going on? Or Adeline, I don't know. But what's up? Thank you for coming in. And uh Uncle Leo. I think was in a little bit earlier. He bounced out real quick. I wonder why. I don't know if he had a show to do or the topic was too hot for him. I don't know. But um, yeah, so we in here on that. Now let me grab, um, let me put this phone up here. And that way I can go through the notes, all right? So real quick, real quick. And I don't know what's going on with this thing here. Let me try something real quick. Let's see. Yes. Yeah, this thing is acting weird for some reason. But hopefully, um, let me just check something out while I'm grab gathering my notes real quick. Because like I said, when you do certain type of shows, live streaming it to these social media platforms and for some reason people start messing with your streams and so i'm gonna just see um what it's looking like from the youtube perspective here All righty. Okay. I see that it's showing that it's live. Let's see. Just want to make sure here. Somebody gave it a thumbs up. I appreciate y'all. Whoever gave me that thumbs up on YouTube. Thank you for that. Come on now. Let's play. Just want to make sure here. All right. Yeah. So we're good. It's just something going on with the camera system, I guess. 
for some weird reason. But we're we are going, we're alive, and that's okay too. Some things happen, but I'm gonna make sure this gets out some way, one way or another. So let me go over a few notes here, real quick, of what would be considered some um, inappropriate behavior. And uh, let me comment on a few of these things. So let's take a look at, uh, matter of fact, let me see if I can pull this picture up here. I'll definitely pull this up if I got it. I don't see it up here. All right, that's cool. So a lot of you are familiar with Benjamin Crump and Lee Merritt. All right, so let's let's hit that real quick. They've been um, jumping in on a lot of these cases where um, where there's black adults. I don't think it's been I think, yeah, it's been some black children. I know Tamir Rice comes into mind. Um, I can't remember. Who was in on the Trayvon Martin case, which attorney, but a lot of these cases, when you go turn on the news, you'll see Benjamin Crump's face in the mix. You'll see Al Sharpton's face in the mix and um, you've seen Lee Merritt, but within the last year or two or last year and a half it seemed like Lee Merritt was playing, you know, keeping a low profile for a while. Cause I think he realized that people were on to, to what was going on and he didn't start um, surfacing into some more recent cases. And so what was going on is that you had these cases where police officers were shooting black people and of course, you know, they would end up dead. And then when it came to the families of these people, of these victims showing up in the news, a lot of them started the um, the narrative, the I forgive narrative. Right. They started you start seeing them and you always would see Benjamin Crump standing right next to a victim's mom or dad or sister or brother or cousin always on the news they'll be standing right next to them and it's been suspected that they've been working they will work out deals with the city of whatever police departments these incidents happened in and you'll find out later that they came you know the families end up getting settlement money which people were suspecting that's more or less hush money and i guess they weren't when you start giving them money you're not allowed to talk anything else about the case or say anything derogatory about the police departments and that was going on for a long time and so that in itself would be considered inappropriate behavior to many because the families would kind of give in and start playing the forgiveness role and what ends up happening and what ended up happening is you constantly kept getting more and more police shootings and people were getting started getting pissed off because it's like well every time you keep forgiving me forgiving these police or forgiving the police department, they keep on killing us. And you got to stop that behavior. And so that was looked at as inappropriate behavior. Now, um, what ended up happening more recently was Tamir Rice's mom started coming out and calling out a few people because she was trying to tell folks that, yeah, this is what they're doing. They're trying to pay us off. And so she started calling that out. So things started taking a little change and a little turn. And then you look at the um, Ahmaud Arbery case where 
they were trying to backdoor Ahmad's mom and dad against their wishes. They were trying to let those uh those um what what were their last names? I forget their names. The McMichaels, I think. What they was trying to do is um put them in a facility and maybe give them some less time based off of something. I forget the details of it, but you can look it up. It's legit what I'm talking about. And so Ahmad Arbery's mom came out and and um stated that yo, this is not what we told the judge, this is not what we told the DAs. They went pretty much they went behind their door, went, went behind their back, excuse me, and tried to fix it to where these guys will kind of get some leniency. And so what she did was display what we considered appropriate behavior. She wasn't going for the I forgive narrative and they should get less time and stuff like that. Now, another that's just one example. Now, another example would be the the family members of you guys remember the Dylan Ruth situation where he went into the church and shot up what nine black people and then they gave him they took him to Burger King so he can get a burger and I don't know the last time you've seen any black suspect being treated with such um, kindness being taken to Burger King McDonald's or Taco Bell <laughs> and get something to eat, right? But what happened in that case was the family members of the of the people who were killed or the victims, they all forgave. They played the forget the forgiving narrative. And so again, that would be looked at as as inappropriate behavior. And that's not to say to tell people what to do, but if you understand that you have an enemy and you know what's going on, you see the, the, the injustices that are happening, do you need to do that all the time publicly? You can forgive in private and just don't let it be put out in public because, again, you're showing other ethnic groups, other races of people, oh, look how kind these black people are. Oh, we'll hurt them again and they'll just forgive us. They'll just they'll they'll forgive us and, and we'll give the, the criminals less time and they'll forgive us. They'll forgive them and we can give them just a year. Right. And um, I think there was an incident where this has happened. The uh, yeah, the, the girl who uh, shot the, um, the Dante was it Dante, right? The officer, the Kim Potter, I think. And how that Asian judge was being so sympathetic and saying all these nice things. And I think she's, she's going to get real a lot less time than people wanted. But you, that's because you have all these years and all this behavior of people showing this outward displays, black folks mean I'm, I'm talking about, and it doesn't mean, it doesn't matter if they're the native blacks that are native to America, that are the, the descendants of slaves or black immigrants. I believe on both sides, they're showing this behavior and not thinking strategically and, and looking at it from the standpoint of, look, we don't have so many people. So many of us keep forgiving. We'll forgive them, but let's go home in our homes and we'll do a prayer and we'll forgive them that way. Let's not do this in public because they're taking it as it's OK. It's an OK to constantly 
bash our heads in and bash our people's heads in and black and bash black people's heads in and kill them when they don't have any weapons on them and and all this other kind of stuff related to that they're not thinking strategically and not looking at this from the standpoint of we are in a war as opposed to being entertaining so to speak right now another example i gave the benjamin crump i gave the tamir rice situation um remember the uh Bolton john the amber geiger the one that um shot him in his own apartment right let's take a look at that situation and the incident in the courtroom where Botham's brother wanted to hug Amber in the courtroom. And then I think the black judge, the female judge as well, went, went and gave her a hug. That's not a, you know, when you look at things, is that a good look to be showing this outwardly? You know, the judge could have probably did that behind closed doors in her chambers, or she could have came down to where Amber Geiger was being held in a holding cell and maybe came in there and talked to her. And if any cameras were around, she could have requested to have no cameras around or no news people. Then you look at both of them. John, he wanted to be so forgiving, wanted to give Amber such a big hug in public, a display of affection. And then I think not too long after that, something, um, some police did something to somebody else. Right. Not too long after both of John's brother gave Amber Geiger a hug in the courtroom. So all these displays of public um, wanting to show how you can be so forgiving. It's okay if you want to forgive. You know, some people want to forgive, but it seems like that's a route to um, destruction when you want to do it in such a public setting. The same thing when it comes to um, all this name calling back and forth between black folks on these social media platforms, because maybe this, this lesbian black female doesn't like heterosexual men and they giving all these accusations, but never come up with any documented proof to back them up. There's just a lot of talk, talk, talk. So you have that going back and forth or you have two heterosexual men and women, black men and women dogging each other out. And um, even here on the stereo app, I've, uh, listen to some things even last night and i don't know if it's black people doing it to other blacks or a combination of different races of people but including black trying to get at somebody you know mess up their status another person's status on stereo and same thing happens on youtube and facebook you know you get several people will type comments in or something to that effect and trying to uh, degrade other folks but in the grand scheme of things does all of that behavior amongst black people whether you're an immigrant or not does that move black empowerment forward does that empower black people as a whole doing all this back and forth at least publicly does that help or does it even matter is that not even the is that even a roadblock? Would you even consider that a roadblock? Could it just be something else altogether? Now, some people could argue that, nah, it's not 
all this inappropriate behavior, although it's not a good look, people might say, oh, well, they're going to do anything. They're going to do something anyway. They're going to they're going to do something in the government anyhow, or they're going to fix laws they want the way they wanted to anyhow. So it doesn't matter. So, you know, that can be another school of thought that some people consider. They might feel like it doesn't matter which way or the other, if blacks are dogging each other out in public on public platforms or in public places physically with other groups watching them act real ignorant towards each other. Some people might consider that, you know, that's not a, um, that's not stopping anything from happening to black folks. It's what they're doing in the writing it in the law books. So it's just some things to look at and consider. So right, right now I'm going to pull up a, a photo here. Again, you guys can click on the link if you want to see what I'm pulling up. And let me see what this is real quick. All right. This is something I did a news episode on recently where you have a um, a retired, I guess he was a retired um, black guy. He's in his 60s, 62 years old at the time of this reporting, which was just several days ago. And his name is Dr. M. Dujan Johnson. And he's getting ready, or at that time, this was on March the 8th, was preparing to go to Ukraine. This is a black man from Detroit is going to go to Ukraine and help them fight in a Russian war. Now, let's take a look at that. Let's talk about that real quick. Now, this situation, you're looking at it being pretty much from the standpoint of probably everybody can see it's pretty much a white on white war. If you want to be simplistic, you know, keep it simplistic. Russians are white, Ukrainian people are white, or they're soldiers. And so why would this black man display this behavior and want to so bad want to join in and fight in this war. There could be a lot of excuses or a lot of reasons that many people might say for him doing that, but that might be looked at as inappropriate behavior. That's not a good look or would be looked at by some as not a good look for black people to be displaying that type of behavior. Cause that's going to get looked at as see, we can, we can shoot your family members. Um, we can kill your sons, your daughters, or we can beat, punch your daughters in the face and then take them to jail. And you're going to forgive us. We can shoot your family members in the back and you're going to forgive us. We'll give you a little money and you'll shut up. You won't say nothing after that. And you'll still fight for us in a war. You'll go to other countries and help other people fight in the war and the people in other countries. And this is the fact because this was a video. He's going to go help Ukrainian people fight in the war. Yet video showed that Ukraine was keeping African people, at least it is said to be African people for maybe even getting on trains to escape any destruction of the war. And now I'm seeing in the news that they have been asking them, the Africans, to help Ukraine fight. The Africans that are in Ukraine to help the Ukrainians fight after getting this treatment. So, again, what does that look like when you do stuff like that? When you 
You see that your people are being denied an avenue of escape from destruction, you know, getting bombed and, you know, your bomb hits you, you know, all your body parts is gone, splattered everywhere. So they're denying you from escaping and then they're going to turn around and ask you to fight, fight with them. And then some of them will do it as some type of, I don't know, display of showing, see, we'll help you out. And then maybe in turn, you'll allow us to do this or get my family out. That's not cool behavior. That's not a good look a lot of times. And, and it could be not a good look to many people. And like it's always been said, um, black people, at least, at least they say in America, black people are so, um, which shows to be true, very forgiving people and but other races don't seem other ethnic groups don't seem to be as forgiving as black folks and is that a detriment to black people as a whole whether you're from the caribbean whether you're from uh the continent of africa whether you are a descendant of the slaves in the the um, inhabitants of the uh, the black Indians, not the Mongolian Indians, the dark skin, like my skin color, like the avatar on my stereo app or my face you see on my social media platforms, that skin color of Indians, those black Indians existed in America. And so is that really a good look? to be showing to all other groups, ethnic groups, each and every time. And they just looking at y'all or us like, see, look at them. We can do what we want and they'll come to our defense. They'll, um, they'll forgive us and we'll get less time than they will for the same crimes and they'll still love us. They won't fight and back and you know, they won't go against the system. So on, and which that's not 100 percent true, but there are people who, who are talking about this and are going against the um, injustices that's going on in the U.S. But again, is that inappropriate behavior that should not be displayed out in public. Right. So that's one picture. Let's try another one right quick. And then maybe a couple of videos like this might be a thing. I got so many notes, so much notes and so much. um a few quite a few videos this could turn into a part two or i might just leave it at that and maybe i've said enough that should get the point across right um let's take a look what i'm showing on the screen now is a picture of the new york mayor and um there's like a headline that reads he's standing next to um some asian it's kind of a double picture there's one on top and there's one on the bottom on the top, Mayor, uh, what is his name? I forget his name, Eric something, I forget. He's a black mayor, just became mayor of New York City. And on the top, he's standing with Asians. And of course, you see the Asian handwriting. It's like almost like it looks like he's standing in a parade. And the headline reads, uh, New York governor. I think this might be the governor standing next to or standing with them as well. But it says New York Governor Hochel gives $10 million to Asian American groups impacted. And, and you don't see the rest of it. But I'm, I'm assuming it has something to do with the coronavirus or so-called hate crime. And then on the bottom, it says for black people, New York City mayor meets with rappers over music, over drill music concerns. 
Now they they put him in the mix. You got this black mayor standing up with Asians and the headlines is saying, and it looks like the governors are also with him and they're giving 10 million to Asians. But on the bottom, he's pretty much in the picture by himself, the black mayor. And it's talking about him wanting to meet with rappers over drill music. So you got rap, him meeting with rappers over to talk about drill, drill music concerns. But then you got him in another picture talking about giving $10 million to Asians. Right. So, again, that's the propaganda they putting out there. And it's also showing, again, look at the the inappropriate behavior. Now, I don't know if the mayor is realizing that. You know, he's being used at the same time. And he probably does. He probably knows. And I don't know if he's wanting to change something so it doesn't give him that bad look or not. But nonetheless, that's what he's doing or that's what they're showing. So that's another example of what can be considered inappropriate behavior. All right. So now let me pull up another picture here. Oh, India Irie. Y'all remember the Joe Rogan situation, right? And it seems like India Irie, this is a photo of an article with the headline that reads, this is from a February 8th of this year, 2022. And it reads, India Irie, quote, um, I don't think Joe Rogan is racist. Now, what's interesting about that is that India Irie was in a video and I don't know if she has something to do with that video, but started showing these clips, these uh, collected clips of Joe Rogan using the word nigger in all these clips. And in the video, it appears that she was all against Joe Rogan and all against Spotify. And she kind of threw in how she wasn't getting paid. And so maybe she was using that incident to talk about not getting paid and how Spotify is not paying out enough money to artists and trying to make it also look like she was down with the plight of, of standing up against Joe Rogan. But then she's in the article and, and is quoted now as saying she doesn't think he's racist. And so that's another thing. And a matter of fact, I'm going to follow that up with a video here in a second that uh, kind of speaks on that issue as well. And so I think I'm not 100 percent sure. I think uh, India Irie might be considered a descendant of slaves, um, native black American. And again, if this is something she did say, people will be looking at her real sideways. Like, look, you just got on this a video saying or appearing to act like you was against Joe Rogan. But then in this article, you're talking about you don't think he's a racist now. And so. Does that behavior, I'm still bringing that question up, is that something that's going to help us or hurt us? Displaying these types of behaviors like this in, in the RE. Now, this brings me perfect kind of a segue. Let me see if I got it here. Yeah, there we go. I'm going to play a video of an MMA an MMA fighter very popular in the uh UFC he's of Nigerian descent and he makes a similar kind of comment and claim regarding Joe Rogan not knowing 
not looking at it from the standpoint of, hey, you are at war. So if you want to say he's this or that, say it privately. Don't be so quick to want to do it on camera and show all your, your white friends how cool you can be and stand up for them. That's not a good look. But I'll play this and you guys can decide on for those listening and for those watching the audio, watching the video, listening to the audio. Let me take this one. Hold up. I'm black. I can take this one. Look. Okay. Uh, what, what were no, no. There's, a, there's a lot of cunts in this game. There's a lot of snakes in this game. I've been in this fight game since 2008. And Joe Rogan is one of the nicest, coolest, humble motherfuckers I've had the pleasure of working with. Understand that. And you know, it's just, fuck the noise, man. You know what they're trying to do. You can't control the man. And he's got the biggest platform in the world right now. So that's my nigga, Joe Rogan. Fuck the noise. All right. Now you heard that comment. And he said that in the press conference. And right next to him, I forget the brother's name, is a black dude. Uh, he was a, He's an MF, MMA fighter as well from Houston. And he didn't co-sign that behavior. He stayed still. And on the other side were two uh, Caucasian fighters who both of them were going to be going up against in the next bout. The two Caucasian guys were clapping their hands when Israel Adesanya is the black Nigerian who made that comment. They were clapping their hands and he wanted to show his behind and pub publicly state what he stated. But the brother that was next to him didn't move, didn't clap a hand, didn't do anything. So even looking at that video and seeing just the two, one Nigerian, I think, I think I forget his name, man, but the brother's from uh, Houston. I'm not sure. I think he appears to be um, a native black American. And that's a whole nother episode in itself. A lot of arguments been going back and forth between that. But um, just looking at that video, you see the comparison between the two. This brother over here is not bigging him up. He's not going to he's not co-signing what the other black guys do saying or doing. And so that could tell you a lot there even watching that right that's something to think about but there's so many displays of this kind of behavior now i'm going to play another video uh let's see here which one do i want to play i'm going to play this video and just let you guys listen in and watch it I never dated a black guy, I never will. And they all call me racist. I am not racist. Yeah. I've only had white sticks to me, and that's how, like, they all call me racist. I am not racist just because I say black guys are ugly and ghetto. That doesn't make me racist. It's a personal preference. You know what I mean? I date. I'm going to play this again, but she's talking really fast. She says that she don't date black guys, but she says she's not a racist, and she's in a some vehicle with a white guy the white guy's driving so she's laying kind of up against him and she's saying oh i don't like i'm i'm not a racist and i don't like black guys even though i think black guys are ugly i'm not a racist and this white guy saying yeah if it ain't white it ain't right and she's just bigging that up and she's talking fast now this girl here was also other video i couldn't find it at the time but i did see it in the past she was confronted by um, a black woman, an older woman. I forget what the incident had to do with, but it had something similar to do regarding the race issue. And um, in that video, the girl stayed pretty quiet. 
with this uh, older woman was kind of going in on her. I think it has something to do with uh, the Asian stores, I think, or her going into the store, something to that effect. And um, her not, I think her not liking black men, I think that has something to do with it as well. But here she is again in another video, letting you know again, which is cool. I mean, that's that's up to whoever. So that's not, I'm a, I'm even with me, I'm, I'm the type of like, yo, that's what you want to do. That's what you want to do. But a lot of a lot lately lately what has been happening is you've been finding out a lot of the um a lot of black women have been meeting up with white men from these sites and then they show up dead right so a lot of that's been going on and so here you go with this situation and this could be a situation that is looked at as inappropriate behavior. So let me play that again. I never dated a black guy, I never will. They all call me racist. I am not racist. Yeah. I've only had white sticks to me, and that's how, like, they all call me racist. I am not racist. Just because I say black guys are ugly and ghetto, that doesn't make me racist. It's a personal preference. You know what I mean? I date who I want to date. I hate when black guys try to hit on me. I hate when Mexican guys try to hit on me. No! Hot, sexy white guys only. Right, Patrick? Yeah, I like that. Good. <laughs> Nathan, have you ever hooked up with a black girl? I have. Oh, he's been yeah. Actually, uh, darker than me, the sweetest juice. What? <laughs> and actually, Patrick, I'm not black. I'm tan. I'm dark tan. Like, I'm yeah, dark tan. And this girl says she's not black. She's dark tan. But you can clearly see in the video what she looks like. So, again, that could be considered inappropriate behavior, right? All right, let's play a couple of more here. Here's a video, and you guys will definitely recognize this voice. And he just went on the Sambo, Sambo rant right after black people were displaying their disgust with the uh, Biden administration and them doing everything else for other groups except black. And so I guess they gave this man a call and told him to give a little speech. And this is what he said. Oh, and I know some people got a problem with some of these women married to white men. Yeah, I'm gonna go there this morning. Oh my God. Uh, well, 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 look, I don't know their situation, but this is what I do know. Some of them, a lot of them are dark-skinned black women, and some Negroes got a problem seeing the beauty in dark-skinned black women. Don't you be mad because a white boy came along and saw what you threw away. I ain't saying that's everybody. I ain't saying that's everything. I'm not saying it's universal. But before you rag on them, understand the story. Some of these darker-skinned black women don't get no love. Would be could be at a place like Harvard, Princeton, and Yale, and the brothers dating all white women. Now that's their choice if they want to do that. But look, kind of look at the demonization of darkness. Look at the chocolate charm that's being overlooked. Look at and we got everything in the book: vanilla vitality, caramel cuteness, chocolate charm, mocha magic. We got it all, bruh. And yet we overlook that, right? Because we think that the white man's water. All right. Y'all shouldn't recognize that voice is Michael Eric Dyson. Michael Eric Dyson. And um, I'm going to play two more videos and then I'm just going to call it 
I might do a, a part two or I might just leave it alone and leave it at that and um, let you guys see what's going on and, you know, make a decision on what's what. So this next video is uh, there's going to be a group of immigrants who black immigrants who are going who want to talk against reparations for black Americans. And then there's the second video I'm going to play. It's going to be um, someone from, I think, Jamaica and how she wants uh, blacks to disregard and not talk about slavery, if I'm not mistaken. But let's look at this first video. And for you guys listening in, let's take a listen to this audio and um, see what I'm talking about here. And I'll kind of chime in every now and then. My ancestors come from the Caribbean, and there were okay. slaves in the so Caribbean, and we okay, we didn't qualify for the we, American we, reparations. Well, here's the challenge: there are so many difficulties with trying to enact reparations, in part because the question is who gets them. Mm -hmm. uh, potentially, I could fall into that category. I honestly have called a pipe dream in the past, and I think that's what it is. Well, it would be nice if there was an elegant, simple solution to all sorts of complicated problems. You're not actually talking about how to fix those problems if you're only talking about reparations. If we're only debating how we're going to parcel out responsibility for something that happened more than a century ago. And we're probably never going to do this. It's not clear to me why we're, we're pursuing this thing. Is it fair that, that n there's no kind of, there's no reparations, no restitution, nothing? Should the Irish get reparations, by the way? Irish need not, need not apply signs when they came here during the progressive era. Sure. I mean, how far do we want to take this down? Are we acknowledging that there are ugly spots in history because 60% of the world would be entitled to slave reparations if you wanted to play that game? Well, here's a fact. Slavery ended 154 years ago. It's been a long, long time since we had slavery in this country. Uh, and you have people like my family. I'm black, but my family came to the United States in 1962. My parents are from Costa Rica. Do I get a check? I did a couple of essay contests that I actually won. And I won, like, NAACP AXO Award for this essay and something else. I can't remember another, like, I ended up winning money. And the essay was, um, do you think black people should, have repara should get repara reparations? And I was like, no, you didn't work for it. Why are you so against reparations? Valerie, it's a matter of a waste of time. We've got so much to do. And yet you have people who invest so much energy and attention on what I consider to be a dead-end idea, a dead-end movement. If we were to pay reparations today, we would only divide the country further. We would insult many black Americans by putting a price on the suffering of their ancestors. All right, so you heard that. There was a couple of people from the Caribbean, Panamanian, Costa Rican, Puerto Rican, Jamaican, and they all expressed going against reparations and had all these excuses. So is that behavior something that will put a roadblock for black empowerment, right? Is that a roadblock for black empowerment? So I'm going to play this last one here. And uh, then we're going to get out of here, man. Like I said, this is something that can probably go on for a couple of part twos, threes, and fours, but we'll see. So this lady's name is Vereen Shepard. And she's a vice chair. She's the vice chair of CARICOM, which I think talks about reparations. And listen to what she says. 
the impression down here is that Caribbean people who live in the United States, black people, would not be entitled to any reparation paid by the U.S. government. But we are saying that's not right. We are saying that's divisive of the black population in the United States. We are saying that Caribbean immigrants have been harmed by that system through racial profiling, discrimination. See, the black population in the U.S. is pretty diverse. Most black people are foundational black Americans, meaning they're American descendants of enslaved people. Others are immigrants or the children of immigrants who came to the United States from mostly African and Caribbean countries. Those individuals may have ancestors who were enslaved, but wouldn't be considered eligible recipients for reparations in the United States. All right, so you heard that. This is um, Vereen Shepard, and she's from the Caribbean, and she stated that she thinks it's um, unfair and that it's not right that Caribbeans who come to America couldn't get reparations from the government because of because they have been racially profiled. And um, I forgot the other thing they, that she said some type of discrimination but the whole key to that is if their descendants were actually in america during slavery and can they claim reparations because of that but this again is showing the uh vitriol and you can also look at it from the standpoint of more inappropriate behavior. This is slowing down black empowerment when you have black immigrant groups going against black Americans and saying how they shouldn't get it, reparations. And if they should, if they get it, then these uh, immigrant groups are supposed to get it too. And my understanding is in at least a while back last year, I recall in Jamaica, um, they were trying to go ahead and sue or get reparations from Britain. And that's cool. I haven't heard black people in America say, oh, yeah, we need to get that money, too. No, they all for Jamaica standing up for themselves because Britain played a role in their slavery. And so rightfully so, they should go after them and get reparations. There are a lot of black people in America who have no problem with them doing that. And that that's what some of these other Caribbean uh, immigrant groups could do, too. You know, they their ancestors were not in America during slavery, but they might have slavery in their lands and they can go on and um, file claims with whatever nations put them in slavery, whether it's the French, uh, UK, Britain, so on and so forth, Germany. That would be rightfully so. But again, like I state, is this what is the roadblock to black empowerment for black people getting what they deserve? You've seen the videos. Um, you make the determination for those who are listening, you listen to the audios and you listen to my comments. You can make a determination on whether or not it's inappropriate behavior, whether or not it should be changed and think about how should it be changed? How can it be changed? 
or if it needs to be changed at all, do we still need to just go at each other's necks in public and let everybody else see it? Or do we need to put respect where respect is due? Immigrants need to put respect on foundational black Americans and don't need to stick their hand out while at the same time, foundational black Americans don't need their hands out when immigrants are filing or trying to uh, get their reparations. And people on the continent, they can have a claim as well for colonization. So you all can file for your stuff and don't need to try to get money from the American government as well. But coming here, coming to America and getting in certain positions and then telling black Americans what they don't need to get or they shouldn't go after something, is that inappropriate behavior? or or not you guys decide i appreciate y'all for listening in taking out the show and uh maybe we'll do this again i didn't have my guests come in i don't know if that was my fault or they just are not on the stereo app this time and so you know maybe next time we'll check them out again maybe we'll do another topic again or maybe we'll do a part two and can bring them in all right, so I appreciate y'all for watching, all the viewers. I appreciate y'all listeners. Shout out to all the cities and states that are checking out, that checked out this show on the uh, all listening platforms. This is Thoughts of the Week podcast, and I'm out of here. You rocking with the best Thoughts of the Week. Peace. This episode has been brought to you by theproductstorecompany.com. This episode has been brought to you by surviveandprotectonline.com. Go to the website below to purchase this beat. Website below and purchase this beat. Go to the website below and purchase this beat.